0: Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company SI and its operating company 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. There were two more murders 15 miles we'll away. police arrived, they found the telephone electricity and weird. described uh-huh. by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Come. In the years following the Tate-LaBianca murders, those who considered themselves hippies had a bad rap. Many were convinced that this generally peaceful group of people had dark-seated issues like Charles Manson. On October 19, 1970, an entire family was found dead in their pool with a bizarre note taking credit for the murder. A note that would implicate the hippie community once again in a violent act of murder. So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On October 19, 1970, law enforcement and the fire department were called to the scene of a house fire in Santa Cruz, California. Well, to be more accurate, a mansion fire. This extravagant home belonged to well-known ophthalmologist Victor Ota and his family. From the beginning, they ran into problems. When they arrived, they found the owners Rolls Royce and Lincoln Continental blocking the two dirt road entrances to the home. After finally making their way to the home, they found the whole place ablaze. When firefighters looped around the back of the home to use the pool to help put out the blaze, they were met with a grisly sight of a mass murder. Floating in the pool were the bodies of Dr. Victor Ota, his wife Virginia, their two sons, 11-year-old Tagger and 12-year-old Derek, and the doctor's secretary, Dorothy Cadwalder. Upon further investigation, it was discovered that each of the victims had been shot in the back of the head, execution style, and bound with some of the doctor's silk scarves. Each had been shot once, except for the doctor, who had been shot four times. When the fire was put out and the police began their murder investigation, they found a note tucked into the windshield wiper of the Rolls-Royce. The typewritten note contained ramblings about World War III starting on Halloween of that year, and that it was being brought on by the people of the free universe. It went on to threaten anyone who misuses or destroys the environment and demand that materialism must stop. The letter, to add another layer of weirdness, was signed by the Knight of Wands, Knight of Cups, Knight of Pentacles, and the Knight of Swords, all tarot cards. This, coupled with what just happened with Manson and his followers, led police to assume that this was the work of another hippie cult. Detectives immediately began questioning some of the communes that were in the Santa Cruz area. However, the members of these communes seemed to be just as afraid that there may be a killer in their midst as everyone else. And, while a neighbor of the Ota said he had a poor relationship with the hippies in the area, they claimed that he was extremely charitable to them, even offering free medical care. Eventually, it was one of the members of the commune that gave the tip that led to an arrest. According to this man, his hiking companion, a 24-year-old named John Lene Frazier, had gone on a rant about the doctor and his materialism. He even went on to say that people like that deserve to be snuffed out. When police began looking into the life of John Fraser, they found an interesting story. John had a completely normal life until what some reports say, a car accident changed his personality drastically. He began using LSD and mescaline and leaving his wife, began a life of outdoor seclusion living in a shanty about a half a mile away from the Ota mansion. He believed that he was getting orders from the almighty According to Fraser, the Almighty believed mankind was destroying the environment. The Ota Mansion, whose construction involved cutting down many trees, became the target for his anger. The witness, as well as fingerprints left on the typewriter in the Ota home, led police to believe that John Fraser was their man. Four days after the murders, Fraser was arrested. Inside his shanty was a pair of binoculars stolen from the Ota home, a watch belonging to one of the boys, and a 45 caliber pistol. Though he never confessed his crimes to police, he did give details to a psychiatrist. Here are the events that led to the murder of five people on that October day, according to John Fraser. He broke into the home while it was empty and spotted an animal skin bedspread. The item sparked a murderous rage inside the man that must have blinded him because he never bothered to notice the item was fake. Virginia was the first to come home. He tied the woman up and berated her about the part she was playing in destroying the planet. Next came Dorothy, who had picked up one of the Ota boys from school. They two were tied up as Dr. Ota and the second son came home minutes later, and they were added to the group. He told the doctor to burn down the house. Victor instead offered him anything he wanted in exchange for the family's life. This offer sent Fraser over the edge, and he began shooting. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, and, as the trials commenced, he did his best to prove it. During the trial, he shaved half of his head and face, leaving one side completely bald, eyebrows included, and the other with long hair and a long beard. He would throw crumpled up newspapers at reporters and mutter, far out and right on, to himself the whole trial. Despite his attempts, he was found sane and was sentenced to death. However, with the end of capital punishment in California taking place in 1972, his sentence was commuted to life imprisonment. The killer prophet, as he was later called, remained in prison until he hanged himself on August 13, 2009. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on October 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short